0: Hello, welcome to another episode of 177 Nations of Tasmania. Italians once formed one of Tasmania's largest migrant communities. And indeed, throughout the 20th century, Italians were one of the most significant migrant groups globally, spreading the influence of Italian culture and lifestyle from New York to Buenos Aires, and from Melbourne to Toronto. In Tasmania as elsewhere, the flow of Italian migrants dried up several decades ago, and the trickle of Italians who have settled in Tasmania in the meantime have come for very different reasons to their predecessors. One such Italian is Dante, who arrived in Tasmania in 2007, shortly before the global financial crisis that hit Italy particularly hard. He was burnt out from his job, had turmoil in his personal life, And things in Italy were not looking great. He was looking for an escape, and he couldn't have escaped further. Dante came to Tasmania as a skilled migrant. Now when it comes to skilled professionals from Italy, perhaps the first things that come to mind are maybe pasta chef or fashion designer. Probably IT professional would be much lower on the list, but that's the profession Dante came with to Tasmania, and he's never regretted his move. So please join me to hear more about the whys and hows of his journey to this little island on the other side of the world.
1: I was born in Pesaro, uh, but at, when I was one year old, my parents migrated or moved uh, 100 km north to Ravenna. Ravenna is in Emilia-Romagna. If you look at the, you know, the Italian map, is is about uh, 80, 90 km east from Bologna and uh, about 140, 150 km south from Venice on the east coast, the Adriatic Sea. And I grew up there. My father had a small business, <laughs> and uh, we had an office at home. So we had all people, uh, you know, the, the lounge was the office. And uh, we had people going in and out uh, basically every time, yes. And what, what, what kind of business was it? shipping agency. It? My father's family, okay, my father was a shipping agent. Technically, I am a shipping agent. Um, licensed. Uh, my uncle, one of the uncles was a port pilot, another uncle was uh, a birther. My cousin is a birther, another cousin is a is a shipping agent, and so, oh, yeah, I got uh,
0: <laughs> so a... So, big, a big family connection with the sea. Yeah,
1: absolutely, yes. Yes. And so, he had this, um, this small business, and I grew up there. Uh, it was... The, the, the town of Ravenna is completely flat, very different from Hobart, uh, think about it, the town of Ravenna is about um, probably eight km from the sea, and it's about the, the main square is only four meters over the sea level. The town was the capital of the capital city of the Western Roman Empire, I believe, from, uh, don't take it with a grain of salt, 420. Until uh, uh, after Christ, uh, until 476 or something like that, until the end of yeah. the, the uh, fourth empire. And, uh, and during that 40-50 uh, years period, uh, they uh, they built monuments and so on. And nowadays, you go and see one of those monuments, and you look at there are mosaics at, in the original floor, and they are underwater. So yeah, <laughs> not much. Half a meter, maybe, and if you go to Ravenna, there are beautiful mosaics. Mm. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. I don't know many, um, four, five, six places that are uh, um, UNESCO um, heritage listed, uh, and that's beautiful. Yeah, and is it
0: a? It's not a particularly big city, is it? No, no,
1: it's not big. It's about the size of Hobart, uh, a, a bit smaller. Say, hundred and fifty thousand people live there. It is completely flat, but because you normally live in a apartment building of you know three four levels, so there's a it's concentrated and because it's so flat, you can go with your push by you can go everywhere from one side to the other I don't know in fifteen okay when I was a teenager, I was going from one side to the other in fifteen minutes <laughs> now it would probably take half an hour, let's say
0: but uh yes, so because I know like some of those older Italian cities, the city center is often closed off from cars and yes, you know, correct. scooters and bikes. Yeah, that
1: what it's like? Yes, yeah, that's the case. Yes, it is. It is the case. It's closed. Yeah, there's no traffic. The paving is different. It's designed. So even if you are with your push bike, uh, so the pavement is designed that... Uh, it is smoother towards the center uh, of the road, and um, so pushbikes tend to ride towards the center of the road, whereas pedestrians, where you, know, you have to do window shopping, <laughs> tend to stay on the sides. And I remember um, going downstairs in the, in the backyard, playing with my, you know, the neighbors. I had a, I had a good childhood.
0: And did you did you have much family living near you?
1: Oh, well, yes and no because both my my mother and my my mother was, was an old, only child. My father had four. Well, he was one of four brothers, uh, but three of them moved from Pesaro to Ravenna. Okay. <laughs> so we use on a Sunday afternoon to go to one of the uncle's houses, uh, one of my uncle's house, and and uh, yeah have. Dinner together, uh, play with my cousins. I remember I spent a lot of summers with two of my cousins. Yes, because we are, you know, we got same very similar age, and um, we went together. I don't know. We say occasionally my parents and their parents rented on the mountains, and so we went there for I don't know a month. Actually, this summer holiday in Italy, I don't know now, but at that time you finished school around mid-June and you restarted on the, on the 1st of October. So you had two and a half, hang on, no, three and a half months, basically, of summer leave. I remember going to, you know, to visit my grandmother and my grand-aunt uh, in, in Pesaro and every time they prepared a big meal and uh, uh, me or so whatever.
0: Had the steak
1: without bread and uh, all of that thing there yes because uh, you
0: know <laughs> what well, i've been told and you can tell me whether this yeah. is true or not <coughs> but of that generation of, of the older generation of italians who mm-hmm. were brought up during the war yes th- they remembered tough times yes, and so absolutely. they're very much concerned that the kids always should eat well yes things like that. yeah
1: absolutely absolutely yes yes they had the problem yeah, a food, food during the war during the war was was a problem. Absolutely, yes.
0: So that was also part of your family of
1: Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Having yeah. Manja manja, yes, <laughs> eat it. Without bread, no bread. Nice. Senza pane, mangia senza pane. Yes. Yeah. And then um my grand aunt had um uh, she used to make a ciambellone, which is, you know, like a sponge, a sponge cake. Delicious. Uh, yeah. My mother was cooking or uh, well, preparing a, a, a sweet on on Sundays. I have a very good memory of my childhood. Absolutely.
0: Is Ravenna or the the region is it known for a particular uh, type of food? Because I know that's well a lot of Italian it's regions. Emilia
1: Romagna. Ravenna is in Emilia Romagna. Uh, so I'll we'll probably say in Ravenna I would I would name it the capelletti. <laughs> Which is are basically like tortellini but uh, filled uh, with cheese rather than uh, with meat uh, and of course uh, traditionally you should have them in broth, chicken broth, okay. but well, unless you, you are 80. But uh, my generation we never had them, we had, we had with Bolognese, so cappelletti al ragu. Uh, or you can have tagliatelle al ragu uh, which is kind of fettuccine with Bologna salt.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it seems in, in, in Italy, it seems every region has, is sort of proud of some particular dish that they're known yes, for. Yes, yes, yes.
1: Well, kind of, I mean, Romagna is famous for, you know, having all these dishes that are very, they taste very well. Maybe they're not recommended by GP. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not exactly what GP recommends, but yeah. So.
0: So you made, like, quite creamy... Creamy, oily, yes, yes. What was school like growing up? School was good. I
1: used to go to to a school, it's something, and that was primary school. Uh, I was a bit, uh, in grade one, I was a bit of, uh, I don't know, today I would have been diagnosed with ADHD. <laughs> I couldn't stand still, I couldn't sit for two hours on the chair, so I was just moving. And um, my mother uh, recalls picking me up from school and hearing from outside of the school, hearing from the windows, dah, 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 dah. <laughs> So, in grade two, she... Uh, She talked to the principal, and in grade two, she moved me to another class. And there was a fantastic teacher that, uh, rather than, um, well, she understood my problem, and she said when when she saw that I was a bit uh, (laughs) moving too much, I couldn't stand still, stand in the chair on the chair. uh, She said I want to go to the corridor, and you know, and run back and forth. And so I was running back and forth two or three times. And coming back inside, you not know, tired, <laughs> and for another hour, I was okay. <laughs> I had too much energy. To, yeah, the energy to burn, and uh, I love. I loved that teacher, Eugenia, uh, and uh, yeah.
0: Of information I learned about Italy was that it wasn't until fairly recently that more than 50% of people spoke actual Italian, Italian. in the sense of the, the standard Italian yes because everybody was speaking yeah. their dialects absolutely I will tell you this story uh,
1: when my grandmother was not self-sufficient anymore she moved from Pesaro to Ravenna which is about you know 100 k's uh, north and then she and then she had to go to an hospital. And she was there and she could only speak uh, the Pesaro dialect. In the bed next to her, there was another grandmother, an elder woman, that was speaking only a Romanian dialect. And they could not communicate each other. Right. <laughs> they could, they couldn't, couldn't understand. What did she say? Yeah? Okay, so uh, I didn't speak neither of the dialect, but I could understand both. So I was translating from the dialect, Ravenna dialect, to Italian, or my grandmother understood. So she was speaking in Pesaro dialect, uh, telling something, and i translating into Italian, and, you know, the Ravenna (laughs) elder woman could understand it.
0: When you were at high school, did you, and perhaps as you were getting older, did you ever have any kind of concept of what you might do in the future? (laughs) Did you have any... Was there any uh, aspiration or or dream? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: um, no. Look. um yes, As a young teenager, you're thinking about uh, girls, mm. motorbike uh, <laughs> and and uh, music. I <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, I played I played music in uh, in a band. Yes, <laughs> and that was pretty much it. Uh, the, the, you know. Yeah, my brain didn't didn't have enough space for, for the rest. <laughs>
0: what, what kind of band was it?
1: Okay, so I, I grew up in, in, in a church environment, of course, Catholic, and um, so I played at a church nearby where I grew up, That was talking about 14, 15, and I started playing guitar and uh, and no one was playing the organ. So, okay, well, try tried to play the organ and so because Guitar. Everyone was playing guitar, so. Yeah. <laughs> so to beat the competition, I changed the uh, instrument, basically, uh, and there was no one uh, playing the organ. So and uh, so, I played at church, and then um, I I was kind of recruited by another a band of another church. And so I moved uh, around around there, and then in this one there in the, in the second. We, we not only played at church, but then we had a band, we were going out. We had a big choir of, I don't know, about 20 girls. And so we, as a, as a band member, we are very lucky <laughs> as a teenager. We were going out, out at, uh, at night and you know, playing. Uh, then we occasionally we played just the band, uh, the boys, just for, I don't know, for dancing. In camping.
0: When you finished school, what did you what did you end up doing?
1: My father wanted me to work with him in his shipping agency, uh, but I resisted as much as I could. But meanwhile, kind of I had to do it. And then when I came back after the I did the, the military service in the Alpine troops. Twelve months, and when I came back, I found a job in a ferry boat. So I was a ticket man in a ferry boat, and that um, I think my father was very upset. Uh, I stayed there as a shift worker three years, and then I worked with my father for seven years, from age uh, twenty-five to thirty-two. Then he, uh, at that time, he retired. He was mm-hmm. on retirement age, so he retired, uh, sold the business. So basically at 32 I was unemployed
0: <laughs> and
1: what but I didn't want to continue That's, yeah. it was my
0: choice let's face it and what kind of work did you do in your father's business
1: Well I was working in the shipping agency so you had to to go on ships prepare the documents uh, when a ship arrives the least the least time spent in the port the better. Yeah. <laughs> because the ship is very expensive. So we had to prepare everything and also notify the receivers and uh, what else and, and just keep the ship out without any you know extra time. Uh, also, the shipping agent pays all the expenses of the ship and then okay. gets the money back from from the owner or the charterer or whoever leases the ship. Uh, so I did the uh, operational work and I did also because I'm an accountant Technically, I did the accountancy as well and that's where I started so I kind of convinced my father to buy a computer because my sister was working at Olivetti so we bought a computer through her and uh, I started playing with this computer I couldn't stop and still after I don't know how many years would have been starting in 87 I still enjoy playing with my computer <laughs> <laughs> and then started building a little Excel, that, that was pre-Excel, let's say Excel spreadsheet, but it was before Excel even existed, and a spreadsheet to, to put all the, uh, the expenses that uh, the ship had and uh, print the invoices, print uh, the reimbursement of the expenses and so on. So once the last invoice arrived, uh, we were able to basically print everything out in half a day and send it out. We were able to send out the invoices, I don't know, a week, two weeks before what we did before. And start that, then I started making little programs and started making bigger programs, find a client, and then worked for a software house for, I don't know, three, four, five years.
0: So how how do you learn the the skills to do all this? Uh,
1: <laughs> well, I uh, I learned from from friends. So I had very good friends. They founded a software house, uh, and then and then you know they were going by themselves. So one day I said to one of these guys, I said Oh, do you need someone for help? Oh no, we don't need anyone. Okay, I'll rephrase it. Do you need someone? Do you need someone for free to help? Oh, I'll ask to my business partners <laughs> and so I started going there uh, I had another job in the morning so I was start, starting going there in the afternoon and I started you know writing programs for for their clients and um, after probably six months I realized I wasn't learning anything new anymore and I said oh thank you very much I, you know I've learned a lot but um, you know I, I feel I haven't learned anything in the last, you know, fortnight or month. So I think from next week, I won't be here. Okay, give me a sec. And they made me an offer to to be paid, basically, as a collaborator. And, uh, yeah, so I started started working for them. Then I worked for them. Then I, I uh, we're talking about, uh, 94. In 97, I... I had the ambition to have my own business and write software for myself, or for my clients. So I got in, in partnership with a guy. So I resigned from two jobs <laughs> for some, someone. Anyway, uh, but apart that, um, then I started sending out uh, a ton of, you know, letter of offers to basically to everyone, spam everyone. Um, and that for, for about two months, nothing happened. And like before the Christmas holiday, someone rang me and said, Oh, I've got um, a server. I have to add a disk to a server. Have you ever done it? Oh, I've never done that before. I said, Oh, not really, but I've done something similar. Okay. Uh, oh, do you want me to come tomorrow? Oh, no, tomorrow is, you know, Christmas Eve. Come after Christmas. Okay. So when I was there after Christmas, the uh, the telephone rang, and someone else, and someone else rang me, and someone else rang me, and basically for ten years from two thousand and no nineteen ninety seven to two thousand and seven, the phone never stopped ringing continuously. was mm. it was, <laughs> it was uh, yeah. I guess it was maniac maniac.
0: Yeah, I guess once you get a few... Um, yes,
1: and then they... Snowballs. Yes, they say, I got your name from such-and-such, and, such. and then... Yeah, and uh, uh, to a certain extent, that must be the reason why I was burned out, because, because I was leaving home, say, around uh, probably 7, 7, quarter past 7 in the morning, driving uh, on a nearby town called Fent, which was on the other side of where I lived, so I'd cross Ravenna, go to Fent, I was so an hour drive, you know, work. Then at 6, s- half past 6 was finishing, coming back home, I was arriving home at you know 7, half past 7. So that's, you know, after, after a while, it take, takes its toll. Mm-hmm. So it was too much, it was a bit too much. In fact, when I came here to Tasmania and in, in the new job, I was working, you know, like uh, 8.30 to 4.30. 4.30, I was home at 5, uh, and I was thinking, now what do I do until 7, 7.30?
0: <laughs> what, what do you think you, um, was the biggest thing you learned from that experience, or, or was it something valuable you got? Maybe,
1: Maybe I- in hindsight, uh, what I have not learned, uh, and what I would do different, is to, to work less, have, spend more time... Uh, with your family, I, well, basically I was always out. I didn't see my daughter growing up, but I realized only later on. I didn't realize the time, the time I, I was under financial stress, I had okay. debt to pay, and um, yeah, my only focus was on earning, earning money, that was it.
0: So but you sort of felt, when you got offered work, you felt the obligation to, to yes. take it. Yes,
1: yes, yes. Yeah, when someone rang me and said, oh, can you come, blah, 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 or I felt obliged to, to do it, rather than say, oh, look, I've already enough clients, sorry, can not take more jobs. Uh, in hindsight, yes. But when you're there, I didn't even realize it.
0: No. But then I guess that is something you have learned from that experience. Yeah, something I've learned, that, that yes. work-life balance is <laughs> uh, important. And
1: when I see, not because I, you know, I'm in my 60s, so when I see a young uh, IT professional, or a, a young young could be even t- in 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 his twenties or thirties, I say, look, don't make this mistake. I I at end you know I started saying, look, I've got gray hair, so I'm allowed to tell you something, and and yeah, don't do that. I I I work too much. I didn't see my daughter growing up, uh, and that is uh, yeah that's um, yeah.
0: Mm. It's tough. How long were you running your business for? Oh, uh, 10 years. 10 years. 10 years, yeah. And so that 97 it, it, to 2007, yes. Okay, so it finished when you basically came oh, yes. to um, Yeah,
1: I was burned out
0: completely. Yes.
1: <laughs> completely burned out because, you know, like uh, 12 hours a day and then on Saturday and Sunday you had to you know, produce the invoices or do some research of something that didn't work as expected and stuff like that. So, yes, yeah, so it was, was a, yeah, too much, it was a way, way, way too much. <laughs> yeah.
0: Just explain about why you ended up being in Tasmania. Basically, I, I
1: ended up living in a, in a big um, apartment block, oh. an apartment block that was basically was taking four roads, an entire block. Uh, I really hated it. There was no grain, nothing. I really hated it. And then then I started to, well, think about it, uh, you know, kind of some escape. Also, at the time, um, my marriage was going downhill. And there was, there were a lot of interferences from my parents and my wife's parents. So I thought that moving away in another country, it would have been a good idea to will reinvigorate start afresh uh, with my my marriage yes
0: so But um (laughs) moving moving to the other side of the world is a pretty extreme uh, escape isn't it
1: okay yes it is it is okay well i i will tell you this when i was 14 so we're talking about mid 70s uh in grade eight at the end of uh, the high school i sat for an exam and i i was i like geography and so on so I prepared a subject. I wanted to prepare a subject uh, for my exam. And I sent to a bunch of embassies of you know countries a request to send me some uh, material <laughs> about your country. And no one answered except Australia. Oh, yeah. Australia sent me maps, uh, information, and, and uh, stuff like that. So since that, we're talking about 1974, I had a, a very source so a spot for Australia. <laughs> okay, I thought it was a great one. I wanted to. technically, I didn't dream to come to Tasmania. I was dreaming about a much warmer climate. <laughs> but when I requested my visa, I, I was uh, just below 45 years old uh, and I scored 105 points. Uh, which was not enough. Uh, I had to score 110. uh, And I requested sponsorship from all the states. And Tasmania and Western Australia responded to give me the five points. But Western Australia was only for Kalgoorlie and Albany, where Tasmania was for the entire state. And I thought, oh, Kalgoorlie, I've never been to Australia before. So I just took the decision. I had to take the decision before turning 45 or 46. And I had about a week to think about it. And I thought Kalgoorlie was out of the equation. And Albany, I said, it was a bit remote, uh, and, you know, a young daughter. And uh, it's 10 hours drive to Perth. I thought that Tasmania was a better place uh, to start fresh uh, and with the university. So it was a good place you know, for, for my daughter to grow up.
0: So you came, you came on a skilled visa there? Yes,
1: yes, a skilled migrant visa, yes.
0: And uh, what, what profession? Uh, IT. I guess infrastructure. And how how long ago was that? Um,
1: Oh, that. Okay. Well, that's we're talking about. This this thing there was 2005. Uh, Then the visa came out. I never I've never been to Australia, so I traveled to Australia just to have a look, or to actually to Hobart to have a look if it was a good place to move the family. Something weird happened in the sense that when I uh, I was self-employed and when I told my clients look I'll be offline for about uh, a month, everyone had something to do before you go and leave uh, we have to fix that, we have to finish this and so on so I ended up not being able to go and get my uh, international driver's license. So I arrived here without an international driver's license and um, I went to the Italian consulate and asked for I don't know perhaps you can translate my driver's license to see if I'm able to you know lease a car or something. And they said, okay, well leave the, your driver's license here. But why are you here? Well, look, I've got a visa, and so on. Ah, oh, so are you looking for a job? Yes. But first, I want to see if it's a nice place to see, nice place to live. So okay, come tomorrow. Uh, oh, they rang me. And said, oh come tomorrow, you know, around twelve to thirty. I went there. And there was a guy, an IT professional of Italian origin (laughs) and said, ah, look, my company is looking for someone with your skills. Would you be interested if I put you, if I organize an interview with my my, uh, manager? So they organized, he organized an interview, and I got the job. <laughs> so that was, yeah, very, very lucky. But the fact is, I didn't want to talk, to talk about that to, to my wife over the phone. So at the end of the month, I went back to Italy and said, look, I've got a job. We can go even tomorrow. And uh, 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 she said, no, you, you can go, but I'm not coming. And so I thought, well, maybe, maybe i better stay. And then went on. That was beginning of 2006, uh, and then it just inside me just didn't didn't went well inside me. And after six months, uh, eight months, um, I just couldn't couldn't do it anymore. So I got in contact with the the person that offered me the job, <laughs> and I said, "Is it still available?" I said, "You come here first, and then uh, you sit for an interview, and then we will see." <laughs> So uh, after twelve months, I came back again to Australia to Hobart, set for an interview, and uh, I said, "You move here. Once you, you you are here, you'll tell me, and then we'll see." Okay. So meanwhile, I did other other interviews while I'm here. Uh, so I moved here uh, to Hobart and uh, I rang and said, "I'm here," and he said, "Next job is yours." And nothing, I mean, you, you know, if you don't have a job, you can't rent anything, you can't mm-hmm. do anything. So I had uh, other people, uh, um, skilled migrants, uh, that were already working in that company, and I got, you know, kind of inside trader information. So after about a month, uh, the telephone rang and said, uh, You're starting on Monday. <laughs>
0: So, so, so things really sort of fell into place.
1: Yes, fell into place, yes. Uh, yes, fell into place, uh, except that when I told that to my wife, she just, uh, she just freaked out and said, no, oh, I'm not going to come. And anyway, that's... Uh, uh, so did you come? On, did you just come on your own initially? Come on, on my own, yes. But meanwhile, I have basically closed my small business uh, in Italy. Uh, I, I didn't have a I had new, found a job here. I was very unhappy there, I, w- I felt oppressed. I don't know, b- bureaucracy, tax are pretty high, particularly if you are self-employed, eh? mm. you are automatically considered a tax evasor. Therefore, <laughs> they charge you that, yes, yes, they charge yeah, everything. Uh, yeah, they charge you more that, you know, if, so yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel it. it was the right, yeah, I wasn't in the right space there.
0: So it was, a, okay. y- your reasons were sort of a combination of personal your personal life yes. but also the just a bit of the situation in Italy yeah
1: situation in Italy and that was when I left it was 2007 okay. in hindsight with the global financial crisis of 2008 I was very lucky because I would have gone broken <music> I met um, at church a, a couple uh, um, and she's Italian and uh, he is German and they came here in the late 50s and um, they helped me a lot uh, they are I, I consider this man my Australian father
0: okay
1: yes 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 absolutely
0: and and when you say help in what in what sort of way
1: oh well I, in a way that at the beginning I didn't know you know where to buy furniture, I didn't know where to buy. A, I don't know a washer machine. Um, I didn't know anything, and uh, you know, they took me out on a Sunday afternoon and showed. I didn't have a car for the first um, um, eight, 18 months. Um, no, two years actually for the first two years I didn't have a car, so I didn't know anything. That was wasn't was out of the routes of uh, the the bus uh, you know, routes. Uh, so, yeah, I saw so, you know, things I've never seen before. <laughs> mm.
0: But are there any aspects of Italian culture or, or life or traditions that you just like to maintain a little? Food. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might say that. <laughs> uh, I, I like the food. I like,
1: I like the Italian music because it reminds me when I was in my 20s, Yet. Or when I was a teenager, or yeah. yeah. And um, the fact is, I can, you know, listen to, to my CDs, to my streaming platforms, and so on. So can, can do that. Uh, the food is a bit more difficult mm-hmm. because you have to, if you really want it, you have to prepare yourself. Um, first of all, I'm not, not good, and then you have to spend a lot of time. So, but um, yeah, but uh, yes, definitely, uh, I cherish the Italian food. <laughs>
0: What does your family think about you living in Australia and, and what do you think they understand about Australia?
1: Well, I have to say that I have been very unfair with my, my parents I, because when I left uh, they were say 75 or, or more, 80, maybe 80. So that was the time that they needed me the most. But I left, and neither my mother nor my father nay ne- never said anything about, uh, you know, we feel uh, we let us down, or they just they just understood. They understood uh, mm-hmm. I needed to to fly solo, True. and um, and the fact with the the way the visas are built. You can't just say, oh, I will defer that another 10 years. Because you have to do it when your age is, when you are, when you are in that group age. Um, and, and you had a,
0: a possible job opportunity yes. that wasn't going to be there forever. No, no, no.
1: Uh, my sister supports me. Uh, I have to say my daughter supports me.
0: So. <laughs> but to them, is it, is it something weird or unusual Oh, yes, it's weird, it's weird,
1: yeah. it's weird. And, uh, not many Italians recently emigrated overseas. Uh, not my generation, I'd say. Mm. Uh, when I go with my schoolmates, uh, I catch up. Uh, I'm the only one living overseas, I believe. Right. Yeah, not many people, yes. Perhaps, you know, a lot of people say, oh, look, I don't like this, I don't like that, but you don't take much action. I kind of took possibly too, some action, maybe a bit too drastic <laughs> but um yeah, I don't know
0: yeah,
1: I, I took some action <laughs> either for good or bad, I don't know, but um I, I, I feel I feel happy with with where I am now. very happy. I wouldn't go back. I remember someone said to me, Oh, ah, oh, you are Italian. Ah, oh, how often do you go back home? I said, Oh, every night. <laughs> <laughs> it's home. he's here.
0: Yeah, my home is here.
1: I love Tasmania. I love Hobart. And uh, yeah,
0: I, I want to stay here. And so, when you've um, gone back to Italy, you've gone back a few yeah. times. Oh yes, yes. Have you noticed much change?
1: Well, it's difficult to say. I made a point until my my parents were alive. I made a point to go there once a year. Mm-hmm. And then. My mother got sick, very sick. Uh, I stayed there, I just quit my job. uh, And I spent, uh, and she passed away, then my father passed away, then there was the house to be empty, to be sold, and so on. It was very complicated. All over, I spent about two years there in Italy. It was very tough at the time.
0: Because you're in an interesting position in that you're, uh, uh, compared to many um, Italian migrants, you're fairly recent. Yes. And uh, so I was wondering whether you noticed much of a, a difference between the pe- Italians living here, who lived here a long time, and Italians in Italy. Uh, and, and, and what are the differences? Oh,
1: yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I notice. Yeah, there's a, there's a difference. The Italians living here are much more relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> yes I would say yes I, I don't know when you talk to a friend Italian friend in Italy uh, you know they, they are relaxed and they are they are okay but but when you are in, in the street or in a coffee place or you, you don't you, you feel different I don't know there's less I feel less respect mm-hmm. I mean maybe maybe it's me I don't know but um, that's how I feel it mm. but um, yeah with strangers there's less Less respect. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's the way I feel it. But otherwise, uh, uh, with people you know, uh, yeah, it's exactly the same, I would say.
0: Yeah, cause, and I guess that um, I- economic conditions in Italy have got more difficult for many people.
1: Well, yes. That I would say uh, there has been a stagnation since um, 2002. So, yes, it's a bit difficult. Yeah, It, d- it is difficult, yes. Yeah, and employment is, well, compared to Australia, in Australia is very low. Yeah. So uh, it's uh, it's high. You know, young youth unemployment is pretty high. So uh, a lot of young people are basically whether you like it or not, they have to live with their parents until you know their late twenties or until they get a job.